Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. to another edition of the Topic Thunder Podcast. I'm your host today, Dylan at Thunder Chats once again, and I'm joined by two gentlemen, one in Virginia, almost a Virginia beach. That's probably not accurate. Uh, Connor, how the heck are you, man? I'm good. Um, You know, as usual, played basketball earlier, so that was fun. Um, Feeling tired, but the Thunder game reinvigorated me a little bit, so I'm ready to talk about some Thunder basketball, among other things. Trade deadline is somehow only two days away because – I don't know where the hell the month of March went, but it's almost over. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we're going to get into all of that. But first, we got to introduce our guy in Oklahoma, our boots on the ground, Alex Roy. Alex, what's up, man? I'm doing good, man, except for uh, for my bracket. I still have my, my finalists in there, but literally X's everywhere else on my bracket. So, yeah. It's it's been, a, it's been an odd tournament, um, you know. Very. <laughs> a lot guys, of upsets. Did you guys see that apparently the record for upsets, like overall through the whole tournament, was like 13 or something like that before this year, and now we've had like 14 or 15 already just through the first two rounds. Really? It's been some, wow. it was, it's some stat like that. It's ridiculous. That is crazy, man. Yeah, and it's it's funny. You know, I asked you guys, like, what – what happened with Cade? I thought that uh, Oklahoma State was, you know, banned from the postseason. And Maddie Moles, I think, was the first one that said, it was like, oh, basically, they just, you know, they said forget about it because they wanted Cade in the tournament. That didn't last very long. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he got a chance. They just couldn't get much done. Uh, I was sad because I wanted to see him keep playing. You know, mm-hmm. seeing upsets is cool and all, but that's one I would have liked to see go the other way, probably. So now, you know, we, we just got to live vicariously through Jalen Suggs. And uh, I still don't know who it was. We, we just did a second take of this. Is it Cody or Corey Kispert? It's Corey uh, Kispert. Yeah, Corey Kispert. Corey. Okay, yeah. Cody, Corey, Corey, Cody. You know, they're, they're all the same. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the Kispert and Suggs, Gonzaga. Um, I think Mobley plays tomorrow for USC. So Mobley's actually mm-hmm. playing right now. Um, USC's, right now. Yeah. they're up 40 to 21 on Kansas at halftime. Um, but it's not even him. Isaiah Mobley is the one that's carrying them. Um, His brother. Yeah, Mobley's got seven and ten, but Isaiah Mobley's got uh, fourteen and six. All right. His brother's a his brother's a wing, right? Yeah, he's a Ford. Yeah. Mobley, Mobley brother is doing work. Say that five times fast. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, we're going to jump right into our uh, segment here where we recap the games in which we call that the single single large large item. item. All right. So for our single large item, we've got two games to recap. Um, We aren't going to talk about the Hawks game uh, that happened the night we did the Tyler Parker interview. And it was it was not a lot of fun and it's past us. So let's move on here. Um, We played the Houston Rockets on Sunday night in which we came out on top 114-112. whether you're happy or sad about that outcome depends on where you lie on the side of the tank debate, but uh, that's not what we're going to talk about right now. Um, for our single large item, let's go to Connor first. Connor, what's your single large item for this 
OKC versus Houston game? Um, that I'm going to go with that Lou Dort belongs in an all-defensive team. Uh, and this isn't just from the block on John Wall to steal the game, even though that was incredible. Just the way he's played, that I think was just a, a microcosm of his whole season. He's been locking people up. He's ma- been making game-saving defensive plays at times. Um, he continues to torment the Houston Rockets. Our Rockets fans have to hate Lou Dort by now because he, for some reason, has a vendetta against them with the James Harden series last year and now this. Uh, I don't know what it is, but the way Dort plays against Houston, if we could get that Dort all the time, he'd be a superstar. Uh, but just overall, I think people have people all season since the Harden series have been noticing Lou Dort, but I think now people are starting to take seriously the idea of Lou Dort being on an all-defensive team, and that national recognition goes a long way to him actually making it. And since they robbed SJ of an all-star spot, if they robbed Dort of an all-defensive spot, uh, I'm going to have to visit the NBA headquarters and have a word with someone. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I forgot. I think it was B-Ball Index. Uh, I saw a tweet about it last week. Um, Lou Dort, they had, like, the uh, matchup difficulty for, like, all the players. Lou Dort's was, like, in the 100th percentile. Like, there's yep. nobody facing toucher, tougher matchups on a game-to-game basis than Lou Dort. And for him to, you know, make these clutch plays and, you know, to hold them to these low shooting performances, like, he at least deserves to be in the second team. And I think he gets – you know, if he keeps this up, he gets first team consideration. So, so I see a lot of lists out like on Twitter where, you know, they, they put out list of players that could win defensive player of the year and they never include Dort. Is, is that because of you think because of the Thunder's record as to why? Cause they always include Ben Simmons. They always include Rudy Gobert. They always include, you know, Joel Embiid, Giannis, you know, those types of players. Which historically, yes, you know they do have a, a background and a pedigree as far as being great defensive players, um, but you know it's been proven kind of over and over again. Perimeter players, there's one player you don't want to see in front of you, and that's going to be Lou Dort. Um, he's he's brought it up another level this year. So I'm just wondering why you guys think that Dort isn't already being mentioned in those types of lists. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it has to do with yeah the fact that we're not very good, and also that a lot of those players in that consideration have some of the best defenses in the league. Uh, our defense just isn't quite there yet. Like the Sixers' defense is really really good with Ben Simmons. The Bucks have a great defense with Giannis. The Jazz have an incredible defense with uh, Rudy Gobert. So I think it's just the level of those defenses. While Lou Dort right now is an individual great defender, um, the team just as a whole doesn't have that defensive pedigree right now. Yeah, I also think it's a little bit of, like, you know, versatility. Like, you're either, like, just an absolute eraser at the rim. Like, you know, you're just, like, preventing people to get into the rim. Like, Joel Embiid, Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis back in the day, or even Giannis at some point. Or, like, you you know, you could just guard, like, a wide variety of positions. Like, Lou, you know, he guards, like, ones, two, sometimes threes. Like, you know, he got on LeBron and played the whole peekaboo with him. Um uh, on the elbow there um but you know ben simmons like to to your point this is a guy that can guard one two three four and five like he's one of the only players in the league that could like you know relatively easily guard one through five um so i i think it's a little bit of versatility and also you know just just the position man like you know like you said alex if you look historically there's not a lot of perimeter guys that are um really even getting deploy consideration um, like even Paul George's um, 
even Paul George's year when he finished third in the MVP voting, like he was a great defensive player, but I don't even think he finished top three uh, um, in the deep voting. And I mean, it could be argued he was the best perimeter defender that year. So um, I, I think it's just, you know, his position kind of knocks him down there personally. But going back to Alex, man, Alex, what's your single large item for this Rockets game? I mean, I'm going to go ahead and pick the the low-hanging fruit and just, you know, just voice my disdain that we can try our damnedest to tank. And there's just teams out there that do it so much better than we do. And it's like we literally sat everybody. Like, this was a game designed for the Thunder to lose. This was not a game for pride. This is not a game, oh, we can't lose to this team that's lost 19 in a row. No. This was a game literally for us to lose. We sat down, SGA. Bays was out. Horford was sat, you know, sat out. You know, Hill is still out. Who else was out, was out in that game? Moose and Miller didn't play, but Moose and Miller, really yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but, you know, as far as veterans out there on the floor. So we literally, the starting lineup, for this game was the second youngest in NBA history. Mm-hmm. You know, Cone put out that great tweet about the OU starting lineup for OU basketball in the tournament is higher as far as average age than the Thunder were that day. Um, and it's just like we tried, you know, the, the team itself, the front office and people like that, the coaching staff are trying to, you know, explore the what's explore the roster and Mm -hmm. that's usually code word for hey let's you know let's put out some lineups out there that are not that we don't think are going to be very successful let's lose a couple games let's get back into this race for you know a top draft pick and we still come out we still win and we we weren't playing against scrubs we were playing against christian wood john wall and victor oladipo but my gosh once you get past those three who again aren't very good themselves as far as they're not, they're not their greats that they used to be. You know, that, that Rockets team is horrible. They're terrible. Um, and so, you know, it just, it just stinks a little bit. If you are on the tank uh, train that even when you try to tank so hard, you still can't do it. Yeah. After this game, you know, I, I was kind of left with the question of like, you know, what 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 else are we actually supposed to do? Like, yeah. Lou Dort was our only starter that you know started that game, and obviously you know he made he made the clutch play at the end to you know block the shot on Wall to ultimately end the game. But like, he he was our only starter out there. Like you know we had such a young team out there. Um, Spee in his second game in a Thunder uniform, which I'm going to talk about him in a second. Um, you know, like everything was stacked against us. Like, you know, this was supposed to be like the battle with the tank. And going into the game when Shea was sitting and like Oladipo was listed active, Woods playing, Walls active, like it's starting to look more and more like, okay, we might actually lose this game, that we might actually put ourselves in a better position in the tank. But as the game went on, like – and, you know, really as the season's going on, like these guys just don't quit. Like it doesn't matter what kind of deficit they have. doesn't matter what kind of lead they have. They just keep, you know, going out there, making smart plays and just hooping. And um, I, I think that's uh, that's put on full display with Dort's block on Wall. Like Wall made a great move to their basket. Wall beat Dort. 
but Dort didn't give up. And I think that exemplifies, you know, really this the team's mantra all year. It's like, you know, they just they just don't stop. They don't give up. They get back in it. So And it's it's not like Christian Wood or John Wall or Victor Lipo had bad games. Each of these guys scored at least twenty three points. Each of them shot, you know, around forty five to fifty percent. You know, so it wasn't like it was a, a non-efficient game from either of those guys. Um, and even Daniel House scored 18 points on seven of nine. And even with all that, we still put up, you know, put up a W. You know, it's like Dort had 23. And you're like, okay, Dort, we can expect that from Dort. But then you look down the line, Roby had 18. Moses Brown had 13. Teo had 12. Justin Jackson this guy, we got this guy for us to tank. And every time we put him in there, he's scoring 15 to 20 points every time. So he scored 15. Makai Luke scored 15. You know, it's like, goodness gracious. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, and that, that kind of bleeds into my single John, for the game. And that's just it's pretty my high loop, man. Like, after one game in the Thunder uniform, I think, he didn't do great. I think he had, like, five points against the Hawks or something like that. But to just come in off the bench in his second game against the Rockets and put up 15 points, 6 of 11 shooting, 3 of 6 from deep. But he had four rebounds and three assists. And, like, his his vision passing the ball, his ability to just, like, whip these one-handed wraparound passes out to the corner under the basket is, like, I didn't, I didn't know he had that in his bag. Um, and it, it just goes to show you, like, like I've been talking about, like we talked about in the Tyler Parker uh, interview, um, the type of player that Pressy's been targeting, the type of player that Pressy's starting to build this roster around is a player that has high basketball IQ and has a lot of skill. And if you've watched FEMA Mahaluk in, you know, last game and this game tonight, uh, you know, against the Timberwolves, you know that he's got skill with the basketball. Um, he could pass, he could dribble, and – Lord knows he could shoot. Uh, so shout out Sweet. Yeah, man. Um, I've watched I've watched him before, not, uh, obviously outside of the Thunder, mm-hmm. and hey, he's always been known as a shooter. But there's been so much more to him. I was talking to um, this Pistons fan I know on Twitter, and he was telling me about his game a little bit. And he's like, especially watch out for Sfee's driving, like slashing ability, which he's really improved this season, and that shows a lot of the time. Uh, just the way he plays with so much confidence, which is something that this team does not lack whatsoever. Uh, but it's never bad to have more confidence. He's just so much more than a shooter. And if he's able to continue to develop like that while still being that shooter, that's a super critical player to have. Um, and if he continues to play the way he has, Presti got another good one. I know people were upset. I myself was upset that Hamadou Diallo got dealt. But Presti, uh, the reason I get, wasn't too mad about the trade, even though Hamadou got dealt, is because Presti knows exactly what he's doing. I'm never going to doubt Sam Presti's decisions. And this is, looks like it was probably a good one. Yeah, definitely. This, this, you know, these last two games, this game and, and the Houston game, you kind of see the vision that Presti has for Mikhail Luke. It's like, you know, Hami was good, but Hami had his limitations offensively. You know, it, he wasn't the type of player that we kind of, that we needed to match up with. Uh, SGA and with our future core of what we're looking for as far as you know that that future Thunder team moving forward and so Spee kind of he 
he looks like he's going to be more of that player um, in the future. And so, you know, hopefully if he continues looking like this, you know, we can sign him to, to a good contract, you know, cause he is coming up on, on free agency. We might right. give him one of those dork contracts where he's being super underpaid a couple years down the line. Yeah, I don't, I don't, th- I don't think he'll go for that. If you got a couple guys on those kinds of contracts, then you're in good shape. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, hey, let's let's get into tonight's game. Was the OKC Thunder beat the Minnesota Timberwolves one twelve to one hundred three? Um, let's flip flop it. Let's go to Alex here. Alex, what is your single large item for tonight's game? So, okay, so I'm 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 gonna kind of flip it a little bit on you guys. Like I look at I look at I look at certain players around the league, and I and I look at especially young players, even young superstars, um, and I look at the type of type of centers that work with SGA and work with a team that has, you know, perimeter shooting. Works with a team that has multiple ball handlers that can you know, that know what to do, can move the ball around and things like that. And I look at a guy like Cat, and tonight he had, I think it was like 35 points. He shot like five three-pointers. And I know that he hasn't necessarily been consistently in a winning situation. I think a lot of that has to do with the dysfunctionality of the front office in Minnesota, not necessarily, you know, based on the player, but some of the blame can go to Cat. You know, he's never been a great defensive player. Uh, but when I look at players that you can kind of start to slot around SGA, um, what do you guys think about Cat as far as the center? Because we look at how he plays with Horford as far as the pace and space, as far as, hey, pick and roll, pick and pop, that type of situation. What do you guys think about Cat possibly being a target for the Thunder? Let's say, you know, let's say it doesn't necessarily go great in draft time as far as getting those picks that we really want and we start drafting, you know, more role players instead of more, you know, looking for superstar players. And so, you know, a year or two down the line, we kind of have to start making decisions for the team based off of SGA, not necessarily based off of Cade or based off of Jalen Suggs or whoever, Imani Bates, whatever. Um, So what do you guys think about maybe targeting Cat in the future? Uh, Personally, you know, Obviously, I love Cat. Like, he played at UK. He's my guy. Um, I, I think he's an offensive superstar. Um, his defensive shortcomings are well-documented and have been seen, you know, the, for the past few years. Um, I, I think his fit next to SGA is very oh, – I just call him SGA. I never do that. His fit next to Shea um, is very intriguing. You know, offensively, I think they would be a force. Um, but I don't know, man. I don't – I don't think that a Shea, Shea and Cat as like your one and two is enough to get you where you want to be. Like, I think that kind of puts you in the middle as much as I would love it because, you know, they're both UKs and, you know, UK guys and they both have hyphens in their names. Like, you know, that would be awesome. But um, I don't, I don't know how practical it is. Um, Especially like, you know, if you have to dip into, uh, a lot of your draft capital. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I'm just saying I don't know how much it helps us long term. 
Yeah, I personally would love to see Cat on this Thunder team. Obviously, yeah, there are defensive shortcomings, so we would definitely need more pieces. Like, Adort obviously helps that out a lot, being able to defend the perimeter. Um, it would help to have a defensive-minded four. I think we would need that if we were going to have Cat be our center, unless he develops more on the defensive end of the ball. Uh, but Cat's definitely a guy I've looked at in the future, thinking like, man, if these draft picks don't hit, we need to trade for someone. I'd love to get Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, one of the best offensive centers of all time, just looking at statistics. Um, one of the best three-point shooting centers of all time. He can handle the ball. He grabs rebounds. Um, the pick and pop with him and Shea would be super deadly, um, especially with how dangerous Shea is getting to the rim. You'd have to – it would be so difficult to make decisions on that pick and pop. I'd love to see it. But I do think I agree with Dylan that we'd need another piece there if we wanted to become a championship-type team. I think Carl Anthony Towns and Shea is an awesome duo. They'd be super fun. It just depends what we have around them and how much we have to give up to get them. Obviously, that's not really a problem since we have a, literally a billion draft picks. Um, so I wouldn't mind throwing them a few picks in a year or two. Say Cat wants out. I'd say probably we wait until he like requests out or something because that will ultimately tank his value rather than just going out and getting him straight up. Similar to the way we got Paul George. Uh, we got him for kind of cheap. So it would, ha- it would probably be something like that. But just I just say that because at the end of the game today, you know, SGA and Cat were very chummy. And I know they have they have the, the UK connection. I do know that. But, you know. Brotherhood never dies, brother. Brotherhood never never dies, yeah. But, you know, play, players talk to each other. And players know, players know each other's situations and their team situations. And, you know, Cat, Cat's one of them guys that he's, he's probably going to be more successful in a different team than he is here. And then he is in, in Minnesota type thing, you know, and he's he's had a uh, a whirlwind past two years. And so, you know, a change of scenery may, may be coming, you know, sooner um, for Cat, I think. All right. So Alex's single large item is he wants to trade for Carl Anthony Towns. All right. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and jump in on here on my single large item. Um, and it's it, it's just Shay, man. You know, he he sat out of the game. And really in the Hawks game, he just wasn't himself. Um, a lot of it was because of how the Hawks were defending him, literally just guarding him and let, like just taking their chances with everybody else. Um, but tonight it really felt like he was just getting whatever he wanted. Like he missed a couple early. Like he had some really good drives to the rim um, and, you know, just didn't go in. But there in the second and third quarter, man, like dude just took off. Like at one point he was 3-3 from deep. He finished 4-6. of six, But like that – that three-point shot's looking smooth, man. And that uh, that one right there before the end of the third quarter, I believe, where he got he got it on the inbound with like seven seconds left, and he drove in on a Kogi. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, a Kogi used to be like a solid defender, right? Like, He's a good defender, yeah. Yeah. Put so, him on skates. Put yeah. him on skates. Put him on his hip. Gave him a gave him a nice little crossover step back, like. He, he probably created like a good three foot of like uh, three foot. I short, I just sold him so short. Probably gave him like a good like six foot of distance between him and the Kogi on that three. And he just absolutely drained it. Um, Social distance him. Yeah, absolutely. Dang it. I, I haven't said it the whole podcast if I said it there. Um, but no, man, like the separation, like I, I do a thing on Twitter. I say SGA and I'll say the S is for this or the G is for this or the A is for that. Right now it's SGA and the S is for separation because so many, like 
he had Juancho touching the ground um, there at the end of the game on a nice little move he made. Uh, he didn't make the shot, so, you know, it's not going to end up on highlights or anything like that. Like, it would have been a supreme dagger, um, but it didn't drop. Uh, he had one where he was just driving right and then just stopped on a dime, put it behind his back, pull up. Um, I forgot who was guarding him, but, I mean, he created separation there. Like, he it, – it's just getting so much easier for him to, like, just shed his defenders. Like, I know a lot's been made on Twitter, like, oh, he can't beat guys unless he gets switches, like, you know, bigs on switches. But he's starting to do it literally on anybody to throw at him. And, you know, I'm bearing the lead here because, you know, we talk about Lee Dort making that clutch block against Wall, um, against the Wizards on, you know, last night. But today, Shea made a clutch block on none other than Juancho Hernan Gomez. Um, obviously, you know, the game was a little bit more out of reach than it was the Wizards game, but it was, you know, it, it was the dagger. It was what sealed the game. Uh, he blocked him. Uh, he got the ball back and they fouled him and he went and shot free throws and, that's all she wrote, boys. So, yeah, um, this is a game I'm using to. I've shifted from first half of the season was let's get SG to be an all star. Second half of the season, I'm trying my hardest to use all of the uh, people who follow me on Twitter to push the SGA should be most improved player narrative. If you watch them between this season and last season, like the numbers don't scream at you. Like, obviously, going up four points per game, it's probably going to be more of like five or six by the end of the season, the way he's been playing. It's just the way that he's jumped and he, he's not even like doing a lot more. When you look at guys like like a Christian Wood and Jeremy Grant, two guys who are at the top of the most improved player conversations, a lot of the time their shot attempts have doubled to average the amount of points that they've jumped up. Shea is shooting one more shot a game, like literally one, maybe one. I think it's 1.4 is the exact number more shots per game. Yeah. yeah. And he's averaging over four, almost five more points per game now which is ridiculous. I know he's like, I know a lot of guys got shipped off on this team, but the fact that he's doing that with just one more shot, his efficiency has risen. His defense has improved. We saw that with the block on Hernan Gomez to steal the game. His playmaking is incredible. I just think that the reason he's not getting more consideration is because not enough people are paying attention to him. I think if people watch the games, they would see how good he is. I don't know. I think honestly, in my opinion, he should be the guy right now to win the award obviously very very biased so i get that yeah. um, but just looking at the numbers like the reason i think Devonte graham didn't win last season even though he made these massive jumps number wise is because the reason he made those massive jumps is due to taking a lot more shots yeah. that's the reason why he made those big jumps similarly to the way that christian wood and jeremy grant are so yeah. i don't know i'm i'm gonna use keep using this game and games like this to push the narrative i just want to let people know listening that uh we're pushing that narrative now for the second half of the season yeah, that's a really fair point. Like, didn't he even finish, like, top five in MIP voting last year? Like, wasn't he, like – was he top five or was he, like, right underneath that? I think he was up there. I want to say he was top five-ish. I don't specifically remember the voting, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, they – only, like, the three go – like, the top three go to the award show or anything like that, so he wasn't there. But I, I, I do feel like he was top five. So, yeah, that is interesting. Like, it's a really good point that, you know, he's making this leap with, like – not only, like, not as much opportunity, like, as far, as far as, like, you know, shooting attempts, but, like, look at the talent around him. Like, <laughs> it's night and day from what he had last year and what he has this year. And yet, you know, his assists have gone up, his rebounds have gone up, and his efficiency is going up. And that's with teams literally just zeroing in on him. Like, the Atlanta Hawks was literally, like, 
I don't, I'm not even going to stand near Moses Brown. Like I'm going to send three guys at Shea if I have to, so he doesn't um, get, get the ball in the basket. So yeah, that's, that's a really good point, Connor. You should tweet that out, man. <laughs> I will. Uh, yeah. I'm going to start drafting something up. I think it's going to go up tomorrow. It's going to be like my big announcement of, all right, all right, we're pushing this narrative. Here's why everyone hop on board. There you go. I like it. I'm on board with it. Um, well, hey, man, go ahead and take it away. What is your single large item for this game? Oh, I was muted for a second. Uh, my single large item for this game, I'm going to go with the bench. The, yeah. the bench had that incredible run. And it was, was it the third or the fourth quarter? Uh, I think it was the four, start of the fourth. Hmm. Either yeah, way. Fourth, yeah, start of the fourth. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. That was when Shea was on the bench to start mm-hmm. the fourth quarter. Um, the the bench was just doing everything, um, and that's that's a problem we've had for a lot of Thunder teams is not having a good bench. And now this season, our bench is incredible. They showed like a graph a graphic before the game that said like over the la- over like the last I think it's like five or ten games or so, our bench is like fourth in the league in scoring. And if you wow. look at the players on our bench. You would not expect that. Um, we guys like four guys off our bench today. <laughs> yeah, guys like 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 Kenrich Williams, like Ty Jerome, um, Svi Mikhailuk, who or Mihailuk, I'm not sure, but these guys, Justin Jackson, they just come in and they just produce and they do ever, all the things we need them to do. And as a Thunder fan who has so long wanted us to get a good bench. It's amazing. I wish we had a bench like this when we were trying to compete for a title, and I hope we still keep a lot of these pieces of the bench because guys like Jerome, Kenrich Williams, are guys I would love to have on our championship team eventually when we hopefully get there. Uh, they just deserve a shout-out because we talk a lot, and the media talks a lot about Shea. Poku is even a guy who gets a lot of love. Um, I talk about Teo a lot, but I feel like these bench guys don't get enough recognition, especially for the way that they've been killing it this season, especially recently. Yeah, for sure, man. I, uh, I mean, I've been singing the praises of Ty Jerome all season, and uh, tonight was just incredible. Five of five from three. Five of five. That's crazy. When was the last time a bench player put up, you know, more than like two three point attempts and made all of them like that? That was that was like Alex Abrinas like. Yeah. Oh man, miss Alex Abrinas. Man, there was so much. I said Sfima Hyluk was our best pure shooter since Alex Abrinas, and there was so much Abrinas hates in, in the comments. I'm like, dude, this this guy hit nine threes against the Hornets. Like, people forget. Like, no, no Abrinas yeah. hate. No Abrinas hate here. Yeah, like he he was a problem. He had a strap on him, but yeah, uh, Sfi he had like a, I think he had I know he had like eight points in a row at one point in the third quarter, but there was a sequence I tweeted about it. He got the ball, pump fake. Edwards flew by on the pump fake, sidestep, drained the three, comes down, gets the rebound, does it again, pump fake. Edwards goes right by him, hits the three, comes down. Moses Brown forces a turnover. Um, oh, I forgot. Sfee crossed over Edwards on before the second three. Um, then he gets the ball back, pump fake. Edwards jumps again. This time he doesn't shoot it, side passes it to Kenny Hustle, and Kenny Hustle drains the three. Like, that's – that was a beautiful sequence, and at that point, I was like, "Okay, we're we're not losing this game." And then after that three was when Poku did that dance on the bench. Yes, yes, that was awesome. <laughs> whatever the heck that was. That was like some variation of Gangnam Style and Macarena mixed. Bro, together. I love Poku's best skill is his bench celebrations. God, I hope I hope Poku pans out and he becomes a superstar, just the goofiest dude in the entire NBA. 
being this like superstar player, destroying your team and on the bench, hitting the weirdest celebrations while the bench is hitting <laughs> threes against you, man, I hope so. Oh, we have to address this before we move on to our next segment. Cause I saw this and I can't unsee it now. There was, I, I think Poku took a straightaway three and it was one he made. So like it, it was one he made. No, it wasn't the straightaway. It was it was from the so like we was on the right side if you're watching the TV, and he was on if you're looking at the goal, he's on the left wing, and he pulled up from three. And when he did his follow through, and he jumped, he looked like a dolphin splashing out of the water. <laughs> and he I does, can't unsee. It. He does look that like that a lot because he's got like that because his like hand his like offhand kind of also goes with the ball. He doesn't shoot with two hands, but it kind of follows his momentum. And so yeah, he does kind of get like shoot forward. Yeah, and he kind of yeah. gets like that banana type shape. Yeah. Oh gosh. I have I see it. I um, can't unsee it. Oh. And now and now for the rest of time, everyone <laughs> who listens to this and Alex and I are going to also see it. There you go. Flipper. All we see is flipper. I'm gonna get a dolphin screech drop and we're gonna play it anytime we talk about Poku. All right, so we're gonna move on to our next segment, boys. And uh, this hey, is gonna... before oh. before we move on, I just want to go ahead and point out that the Thunder the Thunder collectively as a team shot 50-40-90 in today's oh. game. It was 56.8% from three, 47.1% from the field, and then 90% from the line. Yes, indeed, man. That's how we do it. Uh, made 21 threes, uh, which was, I think, third most in franchise history. Yeah, I wanted us to get that record. record so bad. I wanted us to get, I had a tweet drafted and ready to go. Oh, man, I wish we hit that. The way we were shooting, I was like, we're going to get it. And then we hit that little cold stretch and it just didn't yeah. happen. Yeah, I think uh, we had 21 with like 336 left. I, I made a tweet about it and we didn't shoot another three after that. So it's like, all right. That's fine. All right, boys, but we're going to go into our next segment here, and it's a segment that I've named for the occasion. And it's it's alliteration. It's people playing Presty. So we are people, and we're playing Presty here. Um, I went to Twitter on our podcast page, and uh, it's for some fake trades. You know, I don't know if you guys heard, but the trade deadline's Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. So the Thunder are – looking to be pretty active in that. So I asked our followers to send us some fake trades and we're going to just kind of analyze them, you know, over the next 30 minutes or so. Sound good to you guys? Yeah. Sounds, sounds good. good. All right, are, are they, are, are they, are they good trades or are they like off the wall trades? You know, there's a combination. I would say. Okay. I think there's some solid trades. There's a couple three teamers in here that, you know, make me scratch my head a little bit, but you know, we'll, we'll get into it. Let's go crazy. All right, so let's let's just try to rip through it as quick as we can here. We got at Jake Dugan, at Dugza with three A's. Um, he has sent a trade, which you guys can see, I think, right? I shared my screen so you can see. Yes. All right, so the Thunder send Lou Williams and a 2022 second rounder for George Hill. Alex, who says no? Uh, the Thunder say no. Because that's not a 2027 second round pick. That is fair. We are that's collecting a, nothing but 27 second rounders. That's important to note. What about you, Connor? What do you think? Um, I kind of think both sides say no in this case. Lou Williams hasn't been good for most of the season, but recently he's been kind of turning it up a little bit. Um, and he, I think he's a good locker room guy. I think guys like having him there. 
So I think they would try and do something else to get George Hill from us. And on the Thunder side of the ball, like, I, cool, we get a second-round pick, which obviously we love. Um, but I don't think we're looking to bring in Lou Will. I think if we'd want more, especially since this helps the team win that we have all of the draft picks for for the future. If I'm Sam Presti, I'm asking for more than that. Yeah, definitely. I, I think for that reason alone, it should be, you know, you have to give up a little bit more than you normally would. And I'm going to say no, Doug, or Jake, sorry, Jake Duggan, Dugan, maybe, I don't know. I'm going to say no just because I feel like we can get a better return for George Hill. So what, what if, what if, what if the Clippers, um, oh, Houston just beat Toronto. Yeah, they put did. that they, out into the ether. Yeah, they snapped the, snapped the losing streak. I saw Connor so, typing. It's a tweet already up. <laughs> so, so what if the Clippers added in, uh, man, Terrence Mann? Yeah, I think we do that then. If they add in Terrence Mann, absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's, that's fine. You get a little young piece. Uh, Mafondo Capengale is no longer an option because he went to nope. the Kings in trade. So, hey, Kings got their guy. Contenders on the way, man. Watch <laughs> out now. All right, we got at Dortress OS, Dortress of Solitude, says George Hill for Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Nicolo Melli to match salary. Um, I, I think the Pelicans say no here, guys. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, yeah, the, the Pelicans definitely say no. If they weren't willing to lob us NWA for um, – or NAW, sorry. NWA. Uh, yeah, NWA. Um, yeah, if they weren't willing to lob us Nikhil for Steven Adams, I don't think they'd do it for George Hill. Um, crazy one. <laughs> uh, who they could have already had in the whole Drew Holiday trade. I don't think yeah. they make that decision. Yeah, that, that, that's true. That that's that's a factor. I think some people are forgetting that we literally got George Hill from the Pelicans. Yeah. So, um, you know, if this was a deal that was on the table and the Pelicans was like, you know, throw us a first. I'd do it for Nikki Alexander Walker just because, I mean, A, like we've seen this guy, like he's a baller, like he can hoop, but also like he's Shay's cousin and, you know, just just try to keep that guy happy, you know, sign a goodwill for you. That'd be hilarious. That would be hilarious. Like, you know, NAW, SGA, and then uh, their other cousin over at Oklahoma State, you know, all kind of, you know, congregating yeah. together in Oklahoma. Oh, in Oklahoma. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, hey, we got Josh Green fan account. Um, I can't really see his ad. Okay. Oh, this tweet is from a camp. Oh, he just he just got clapped. All right. <laughs> R.I.P. Josh Greenberger. Dang. That's tough. Okay. Well, anyways, he sent uh, – Frank Kaminsky, a 2022 second rounder, 2024 second rounder from the Suns to for Tooth of the Thunder for Mike Muscala. I said, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> what? I, ju- I just don't want Moose to be traded. That's Oh. Yeah, yeah the Thunder <laughs> fan of me is like, no, I don't want Moose to get traded. If we can get Kaminsky in two seconds yeah. for Mike Muscala, yeah, I'd probably say yes to that. Heck yeah. <laughs> and also, help, sad. Help, help Oklahoma City legend Chris Paul get a ring? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I, I think, you know, it, it would definitely benefit the Suns, and it would be nice to get two assets from Mike Muscala, but it does make me sad, so. It does. All right. Um, Steph Curry in a 27 first for Darius Miller. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> 
All right, let's see here. Um, nope, that's a LeBron trade. That's dumb. We won't even and the, address and that. The, and the Steph Curry trade was okay. <laughs> well, I could read that easily. <laughs> that, that, that had too many moving parts to it. All right, so this is a trade with the Knicks, and it is from uh, Smelly Fart Box 88. Mm. Love Smelly <laughs> Fart Box 88. <laughs> My wife. Big fan of the podcast. <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> Very interactive on Twitter. Um, he's sending from the Knicks, Frank Nelokina, Obi Toppin, and Kevin Knox for Al Horford. Mm, let's go to Ooh. Connor first. Connor, uh, who says no here? Uh, the Thunder say yes. The Knicks say no. Yeah. Um, Kevin Knox is a guy they've been looking at shipping. I, I don't think they are too beat up about getting rid of Knox or Natilikina, but there's no chance they trade Toppin in his nah. rookie season. Like, I get it. Julius Randle's become an all-star caliber player, and so you don't really need that power forward position as much. But he's still a young guy. It's his rookie season. I don't think there's any chance they move him for Al Horford when they've already got Mitchell Robinson at that spot. Yeah, I uh, I don't know how the salary will work. I know that the Knicks have a lot of cap space left, but I feel like if you take mm-hmm. Obi out of the deal and it's just Nilakina and Knox for Horford, it still works. I still don't know if the Knicks want to do that. But if that was the deal, like I feel like that's – I would still do that as a Thunder fan. So, what do y'all think about that if you take Obi out of the deal? I'd take a shot at it. I mean, I've yeah. I've been adamant about not really – I'm not super high on Kevin Knox. Uh, there's been, like, this weird group of Thunder fans that for a while have loved Kevin Knox or been pushing for him. Yep, that's you, Dylan. Hit me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I like – I. Maybe it's because he scorned me. Like, I thought Kevin Knox going to the draft. I was like, man, the Knicks got a steal there. And then he was not a steal at all, uh, at least up to this point in his career. I don't know. He's just not super intriguing to me. I think I like Frank Natilikina more, add more defense to this team. Um, but then again, we do have a lot of young guards, and that really continues to crowd stuff. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this one. Um, it's cool and all, but – yeah, I feel like I feel like we maybe would, or at least Sam Presti would probably prioritize picks over grabbing more players when we already have a ton mm-hmm. of guys we like. Yeah, like like the the deal that you put out there where you took away you take away Obi Toppin for Horford. I don't think that's a that's a good deal um, because you're just getting two young players that are almost either on the final year of their deal or almost on the final final year of their deal, and. You know, they've been two young players that haven't necessarily shown too much promise in their two to three years in the league. Um, but I will say this. I would love to have Kevin Knox on this team so that he and Dort can go ahead and trap somebody and they can call it Dort, Dort Knox. Knox. Mm. Roll credit. Be, that would be beautiful. You want a cool nickname? Beautiful. I mean, I'm all in on making trades <laughs> to get cool nicknames on this team. Um, like the Carl Anthony Towns thing, I'm sure there's some cool nickname with the hyphen with him and SGA. So yeah. I'm, I'm all in on it. Hyphenation. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, no, man, I just I, – I feel like I feel like there's still more to Knox's game. You know, I, I think he's 20 years old. Like, he's still very young. Is he, um, is he 20 years old for real? Yeah, like, he's not oh, old at all. Wow. Like, yeah, he came to UK, like, I think he was 18. So, he's either 20 or 21 years old. Like, he's he's, he's super He's 21. Young. He turns 22 in August. Okay. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he's still young, and, you know, he played with Shea in college. It, it made more sense when Hami was still here. You know, you can kind of reunite the uh, reunite those three um, dudes. But, I mean, Shea and Kevin are, like, still super close. Um, they played really well together in college. Um, and, you know, coming into the draft, like, people were, like, really super high on Kevin Knox, not just because of his ability to score the ball, but – um, his potential was defender and like, you know, he's still got the body. He's still got the length and, you know, kind of the footwork to be a good defender. I just mm-hmm. think it comes down to like, he needs a change of scenery. He needs to have no pressure, you know, like in the Thunder organization. And if you bring him around a familiar face like Shay, and we've seen how Shay has been uplifting to his teammates, um, you know, instilling confidence in them and helping them, you know, really get better on the court. I, I think it could, you know, revitalize his career. And, I mean, at worst, like, I mean, he's he's very low risk, but he's got a high reward potential. So that's that's why I want to see Kevin Knox in a Thunder uniform. Dylan, you're not going to stop until you have, like, the 2016 through 2018 Wildcats on the Thunder, are you? Are you trying to tell me you don't want P.J. Washington on this team, Alex? <laughs> Is that what I'm hearing? Man. Hey, I'd love to see some PJ Washington on the team too, but that's that's besides the point. Oh, Chelsea too. There you go. <laughs> All right, we got a three teamer here. Um, this is from at S B O U F A K I R. That that was hard. It says Stop Sammy. cursing me. Stop cursing me out. It says Sammy Super Bowl champ. So I can I can I can already look at this and say yes. This is a yes for the Thunder. Okay, so this is Hawks Celtics Thunder. The Hawks received from the Celtics Market Smart, Grant Williams, and a 21 first rounder. The Celtics receive Al Horford and John Collins. And the Thunder received the legend that is Tony Snell, a second rounder from Miami this year, and a 23 first rounder from the Celtics. We got a first rounder for Al Horford. I'm down. Yeah, as a Thunder fan, I'm down. Um, I, I don't I, – I have caution as to whether the Celtics would want to do I Yeah, I think the Hawks, you get Marcus Hawks, Smart, yeah. Grant Williams, and mm-hmm. a first. Is, I mean, that's solid. That's a good return um, for John Collins. That's a solid return for John Collins, especially if he's a guy they don't mm-hmm. see being in their future. Uh, I don't think they end up trading him. Uh, the Celtics deal also gets hurt by the fact that I think that they're going to end up trading for Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier. Um, but just in this, like, vacuum-type space – it's tough. Really, the big piece here is, do the Celtics want to give up two firsts? Marcus Smart, who's super important to that team, and Grant Williams, who they play a lot, even if he isn't great uh, at times. I think he has solid potential. And two firsts for, I mean, Horford and John Collins are good, but the issue is they're going to have to pay John Collins. Like this offseason, mm-hmm. they're going to have to throw him a bag, and they've already given Jalen Brown, Tatum, and Kemba Walker a lot of money, so that really limits them. And Horford's contract as yeah, well. Yeah, and then Horford, Horford's contract come in. I don't know. It's tough. I'm going to say the Celtics say no on this one. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Celtics say no. It's a good deal for the Thunder, and I think it's even solid for the Hawks, but um, you're asking a lot of the Celtics. Um, I think if Marcus Smart wasn't in the deal somehow and it still worked, maybe they would go for it. But mm. I, I think that he is kind of the heart and soul of that team. Um, they – are a completely different team when he's not in the lineup. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say Celtics say no there. 
All right, and now we're going to go to our tweet, and let's see. We got some fake trades. All right, we got a couple here. So this guy, Hot Zone Shea, says stacking up on almost busts. All right, so this is a trade with the Hawks again. We got Mike Muscala. Makes me sad. Kenny Hustle and the 2021 first rounder from Golden State, which is looking like the first second round pick in the 2021 NBA draft. Um, and uh, going to the Hawks, or no, yeah, going to the Hawks from the Thunder for Cam Reddish. Mm, that's that's uh, that's a no for me, boys. It's a no for you. Yes. Okay. But you, Connor. I really like Cam Reddish. I yeah. really, I think Cam Reddish has so much in the tank, but the part that hurts is giving up Kenrich Williams here, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I never thought I would have mm-hmm. said that before the season. If I'm being honest, that man, I don't want to. I don't know if I want to trade Kenrich Williams for Cam Reddish. Um, the reason I think the Thunder say no is because there have been reports that the Thunder want to keep Kenny Hustle. I've seen. I saw some stuff earlier that said that they want to keep him. Uh, beyond this year because he does have three years still left on his contract and that they see him as a piece as well as the fact that um, they think they could get a lot for him or that they're asking for a good bit for Kemich Williams. Um, man, so a second round pick, Kemich Williams and Mike Muscala for Cam Reddish. No. Well, yeah. A second yeah round. I think it's, it's, it's basically, yeah, yeah. basically going to be a second rounder. Man, I'd be tempted to say yes. Cambridge Williams is the one it's crazy that's the piece that's holding me up not even the pick um you know what uh, now nah, I'll say yes I'll say yes let's go out and get Cam Reddish yeah I, I, okay I so yes. so Cam Reddish so kind of I haven't seen him too much in the pros I know he's a he's a dookie right mm-hmm. yeah and I, and I know he's been a little bit disappointing in his I guess a year and a half in the league uh but I, I guess he was starting to put in t- put it together a little bit this season yeah good he, Good defensive player. Yeah, solid defensive player. Yeah, um, he's shown some offensive potential. It's just he's dealt with some injuries and stuff, and so he's been out uh, for a lot of the season. But at the start of the season, he was really looking like he was kind of putting it together. Um, he's just had some consist- consistency issues, which is the problem. And if it's any proof from this season that the Thunder are able to just find the most potential in any player, I think Cameron has a ton of it because he's also still super young. Yeah, for sure. And I, th- I think he feels a position of need, like. You know, the Thunder don't have a lot of small forwards um, on their roster right now, that at least that, you know, are starting caliber. And I think that he can kind of slot right in there with Shea, Lou Dort, Basil when he comes back. And, you know, maybe this guy, Marvin Bagley the third in their second fake trade, Justin Jackson going to the Kings. And the 2023 first round for Miami and the 2023 first rounder for Denver from Marvin Bagley the third. What do you guys say about this trade? Let's go to Connor first. Uh, so 2023, I don't think either of those picks are going to be very good. Um, but giving up two firsts does – I think two firsts is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Marvin Bagley does still have a lot of potential, but he's been so injury-prone – um, and there's been reports that apparently the Kings are only looking for a first-round pick and a young player. And so if we're able to get Justin Jackson in a first for Marvin Bagley, hell yeah, I'll take that for a former top-five pick, um, guy with a ton of potential. So Picked yeah, over Luca. Yeah, picked over Luca. Man, if they trade him for such a small return, 
there's gonna mm-hmm. ha- there's gonna be hell to be had for whoever made that decision to draft him over Luca. Um, Vladi, Vladi Diva. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whoever whoever in that room was like, hey, Vlade, we should draft this guy. Um, that's gonna be a problem. <sighs> yeah, I think I'm gonna say no, just because I think we could get him for cheaper. Yeah, I think I. Well, I- I'll let you talk first, Alex. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, I I, I agree 100 as far as. As far as like the young player, I don't think Justin Jackson is the is the young player. Number one, because Sacramento's already been down that road with Justin yeah. Jackson. Um, and then number two, I mean, as far as young player, I mean, who 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 are we? So let me ask you this. So let's kind of flip the script a little bit. You know, Darius Baisley has been a little bit disappointing, a little bit inconsistent. Let's just say the inconsistent. What if we added we replace uh, Darius Baisley instead of Justin Jackson? I'm personally not doing that. No, definitely not. No. Okay. Yeah, I I think Bagley is worth a flyer. I would throw a first and, you know, one of those kind of like throw away, quote unquote, young guys that they're asking for. I'm not giving away two firsts and I'm not giving away somebody that I think could potentially be a part of this team's, you know, foundation moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I I would say Baisley, like you know, the Kings probably asked for Shea. We laugh at them hysterically. <laughs> they asked for Dort. We laugh a little bit more. Then they asked for Baisley, and we're just like, no, like, like try again. And they say Poku, and I'm like, are you sure you want Poku? But no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I I think if it was Justin Jackson in the first for Marvin Bagley, I would do it. But if it's two first, or they're asking for somebody in our core. You got to say no because I mean he has a lot of risk behind him and he doesn't really he's not really like you know one of those futuristic big men that can spread the floor anyways so mm-hmm. yeah I yeah. agree this is kind of a yes yeah type trade and it's there um, we do have somebody else uh, Harrison at Harry DT said uh, George Hill in a protected first rounder maybe you know you could do that. Uh, Golden State pick that we was talking about in the Cam Reddish trade, or you know, one of those Miami or Denver deals for twenty three, uh, for Marvin Bagley. Um, who says no to that? I think the Kings do. Yeah, the Kings say no to that. I think they could get better. If I'm the Thunder, I say hell yes to that. If I can get Marvin (laughs) Bagley for what's probably going to be like a second-round pick if we go with the Warriors pick and George Hill, who we want to trade anyways, hell yeah, give me Marvin Bagley. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man, because I, I've, I've seen, like, a wide range of outcomes and what people think we can get for George Hill. Like, some people think that, you know, we can get, like, a late first, and other people are like, yeah, the best you can get is a second, maybe two seconds. So, um, if we could get Marvin Megley, who, like you said earlier, Connor, like, you know, a former top five pick for him, absolutely. That'd be nice. And a, fi- and a five-star recruit. You know, the Thunder love to – Accumulate five star recruits. Yeah, I got Moses Brown. <laughs> hey, and he's got and he beats with Damian Willard, so we already like him as a fan base. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh at OKC obstinacy. I want to see the Thunder go for one of the buy low bigs around the league. Feels like that might be our biggest position of need moving forward. Do you like any of Markin and Bagley or K even KP? Um, before we ask this, I feel like you know, obviously Bagley's out there. I don't know that Chicago would try to trade Markinen. I, I don't think that Dallas is going to panic and try to give up KP. But 
in terms of buy low bigs, like, I don't know. I feel like Robert Williams out of the Celtics might, you know, fall in this category. I feel like Mo Bamba out of the Magic might fall in this category. Like, hit, I don't... hit it, hit it, Chelsea. Mo Bamba. <laughs> yeah, she can't hear you now. She's listening to TikTok. <laughs> but um, no, I, I don't know. Like, you know, when, when I think of Bilo Biggs, I don't think of marketing and Porzingis. Like, you know, Bagley definitely falls in that category. But I think of, you know, guys like Bamba and the Time Lord. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what, what do you guys think about that? Uh, I think less so Robert Williams now. It seems like he's kind of coming into prominence a little mm-hmm. bit more so. I think that the Celtics see him as um, their potential big of the future. So I don't think we could end up getting him. But I would love to go out and get a Mo Bamba. Uh, Lauren Markkinen's value honestly might not be that high from the fact that he's they're going to have to pay him sooner than later. And he is just really not – he's been super inconsistent. Um, I've watched a lot of Bulls games this season, and he just doesn't – it just feels like if he's not scoring, he doesn't contribute a lot of the time. If he can get that consistency with his shot, then definitely uh, impactful player. But the problem is that it's super inconsistent there. So I would love to take a flyer on him. Say they're like, all right, we want Al Horford or something. Because I've seen Bulls fans ask me if, I, if they can get Al Horford. If they're willing to throw in Lloyd Market and maybe we could throw in another piece to them. I'm not sure what else they'd want. Um, I'd like to get that. I'd like to get Mobamba. Uh, Bagley's cool. I don't see any way we get Porzingis. I don't think we have, or we do have the assets for that, but I don't think they want Horford's contract. Um, it would take more first than I'm willing to willing to part ways with right now to give them that Horford contract to match what Kristaps is making. And another thing with that, like, you know, if you get a Mark and then you get a Bagley, even if you got like a Time Lord or you got Bombo, like, I feel like, you know, those are good pieces that you can, you know, kind of grow and develop. But if you got Porzingis, like, I feel like the expectations of this team automatically change. Like, you have Shea, you have Porzingis, and you have these role players around it. All of a sudden, it's not like, okay, you know, we're tanking or we're still tanking. Like, you know, we're not really going for the play-in. But I feel like if you did a move like that, it's like, okay, like, we're, we're going for the play-in. Like, you know, the time is now. Um, you know, not, not to win the title or anything like that, but, like, you know, all of a sudden the – the competitive nature of the team kind of spikes a little bit. I mean, you got you guys already know what, what my buy low big is, Carl Anthony Towns. Buy so. low, my butt. <laughs> buy for the no, low, I mean, low price of like twelve first round picks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, if 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 I were to target anybody, I would love Time Lord. I would love Robert Williams. He's, you know, he seems to be out of all those bigs that are young uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily include Porzingis in that uh, but all those, all those bigs that are young I, I see him as coming into his own this year um, but uh, yeah but like Connor said I, I think the Celtics are trying to hold on to him trying to recreate you know Kendrick Perkins part two um, and so you know it's either Bagley or Mo Bamba and like does Mo Bamba even play that much? Like I, I haven't really looked him up, but like, does he even play that much for the for the Magic? Not a ton. Not as much as I'd like to see him play. Yeah. Um, that's this is part of why I've been an advocate of them trading Vucevic a lot because I think they get a lot for him, and mm-hmm. I think that that would give them an opportunity to evaluate what Mo Bamba can do because obviously he's not going to play a ton when you've got Aaron Gordon and you have Vucevic who's an All Star in that front court, so it's tough to find minutes for him a lot of the time. 
I don't know. I would like to see the move Vucevic, see what they have in Mo Bamba before making a decision. I feel like Bamba mm-hmm. has potential. He can stretch the floor. He can block shots. It just hasn't been unlocked yet. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think there's something there. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think Mo Bamba is like my number one. Like, it, if we was going to trade for a young player this year, it might not just like, you know, fiend for draft picks like Presti has been doing. Like, Mo Bamba is the guy that I want because he he fills a positional need. Like, you know, we talked about Cam Reddish. Like, you know, it'd be cool to get Cam Reddish, but I think you got to give up a little bit more for him because mm-hmm. he, he could still be a, a player that contributes to the Hawks going forward. Like, Bamba is a guy that, you know, has kind of fallen out of favor with the Magic. And if they can't find a deal for Vucevic or they decide just not to trade Vucevic, then, um, you know, he's just going to be playing second fiddle for the rest of his career down there, wasting, you know, his opportunity. So, uh, you know, we, Alex, you talked about, like, how important it would be to have a pick-and-roll partner for Shea in the future. And, like, you know, Mo Bamba is not Carl Anthony Towns offensively or anything like that in terms of, like, stretching the floor, but – he mm-hmm. right now is pick and roll partners, you know, Moses Brown, which, you know, Mo, I love Moses. Like he's athletic, he's super tall, but he's not like, he's not that super athletic lob catcher, even like, no. a, even like a Steven Adams back in the day. And I feel like if you give Shea a guy like Mo Bamba, then all of a sudden that's a new wrinkle in his offense and his playmaking that he hasn't got to explore yet. It, that also adds a dimension to, to the fact that, uh, if you're doing a pick and roll with Moses Brown and Shea, Moses Brown is rolling every single time. He's not popping out to the three-point line like a Mobamba could to yeah. open up the mm-hmm. game a little more for Shea. That way he can pop off, maybe get a defender to overcommit a little bit to the three, giving Shea another lane to drive through. And he only needs like two inches of space to get to the layup and, or get to the basket and finish with the layup. So what do y'all, what do y'all think gets, gets us Mobamba? I guess it just really – I think it really depends – what they're thinking with Vucevic. If they decide, if they go, okay, Vucevic, we're going to deal him, see what we have in Mobamba, I think it's a lot tougher. Yeah. But if they decide Vucevic is the future and they're going to hold on to him, I don't think it would take too, too much. Um, you might be able to give him George Hill because, like, if they keep Vucevic, like, you're not, you don't want to waste your season away, you know, just having Vucevic yeah. there, like having this all star player, like, you at least want to try to make the play in. And, you know, there's a big hole there with, you know, Fultz going down and Anthony down and, you know, all, all these players going down, especially if, you know, Fournier and Gordon, Gordon go out, like almost all their playmakers are gone. So if you bring in George Hill, there is a guy that, you know, can kind of be the lead ball handler playmaker, then maybe he can turn things around for you. So that that's kind of what I would think anyways. Yeah, maybe a piece that would help them next season. Because if they're keeping Vucevic, the plan is to try and compete next season. Yeah. Even though I don't think the Magic are quite capable of that. Um, Never. It looks, yeah, it just looks like if you are trading Vuce or if you're keeping Vucevic, you're going to compete sooner than later because he's going to start regressing. He's getting older. Um, I mean, you have Fultz coming back. You have Cole Anthony. Um, who's had who's dealt with some injuries. You have Jonathan Isaac coming back. You've got a solid core there, and then they're probably going to add a top pick in the draft, depending on where they finish in the lottery. I mean, that's a solid team if you do want to try and run it back. I mean, yeah, maybe pick up from us like a George Hill or like something else. I'm not sure what else they'd want for us. Maybe like a young guy like a Justin Jackson, um, just to evaluate him over the course of the season. I know there was reports yeah. that some teams were calling on him, so I don't know. Get this young man, Justin Jackson. Let him change your team around here. <laughs> um, 
so a lot of these other questions are kind of repeats, you know, Bagley deals, Reddish deals. Um, would you trade Moose for a second? Hurts my heart, but probably. Um, but this made me think of something I heard on Down the Dunk today about Hill to the Nets. And, you know, George Hill and Mike Muscala, um, I think Andrew brought this up. If you send them to the Nets and – you know, maybe, you know, you get Dimwitty back because they're looking for players that, you know, fit their team now. And obviously Dimwitty's hurt. Like, you know, they're going for it this year. So they don't need Dimwitty. And your incentive for that, because, you know, the Thunder don't have any need for Dimwitty. Like he's going to be a guy that they try to flip as soon as they can. Your incentive for that would be maybe acquire a guy like Nick Claxton. You know, what, what do you guys think about Nick Claxton here as center of the future? <laughs> I, I am absolutely in love with Nicholas Claxton. I would like to start with that. Um, his game is incredible. The only, I just don't think there's any chance the Nets steal him. That's the yeah. only thing that sucks. I think that the way he's been playing, he's had such a prominent role after the All-Star break. Since he came back from injury, he didn't play to start the season. He's just been so good for them. I love Claxton. I wish he was on our team. Uh, I have a really good friend who's a Nets fan who has spent years talking about Nick. He's like, Nick Claxton's the next big thing. Then he got on the Nets. He's like, yeah, Nick Claxton, this guy's the next big thing. And he's looking like it. He's been super good for them. And I think they see him as the successor to DeAndre Jordan as their center at some point. So I don't think we can get him. But if there was a way to get him, I, w- I would love to see that. If they do decide they want to go more win now and they want like a Muscal and a George Hill, absolutely. I would absolutely trade that for Nick Claxton. So kind of funny story with Nick, Nick Claxton. Like when I first saw him on, on the, uh, the Nets bench, I thought that was Brittany Griner out there. <laughs> I did. I did. You know, but – Definitely. I would, I would, yeah, I would go ahead and George Hill, Muscala for Nick Claxton and, and Dimwitty. Hell yeah. I don't even need a, I don't even need a pick. All right. Let's, let's kind of wrap up our uh, people playing Presti segment here with uh, just one more final thought from you guys. You know, I said if there was one guy that I would like the Thunder to target um, and, you know, and not, you know, be a draft pick, my guy would be Mo Bamba. If you guys could pick one guy for the Thunder to target to kind of, you know, develop for the future, who's your guy? Let's go to Connor first. Man, I've thought about this a lot because I get this question a lot on Twitter that they're like, man, who's someone you'd like to see on the Thunder? Like, who's a young guy? I mean, I love – I would love to see a Cam Reddish. That is a guy I would love to see on this team. I'm trying to look through the standings now and see if there's any teams that really stick out to me with players that I'm not thinking of. Like you said, a Mo Bamba, I think would be a really cool pickup. Just some guys we could probably buy low on. Um, looking through the rest of the standings. I would love to kill Alexander Walker on this team. If there was anything we could get the Pelicans, I think he's probably up there on my list just because I think he's really, really good. And he has a lot of potential. Obviously the connection to Shea also adds an element to that. Just make sure we don't have another KD situation with Shea, where Shea never decides to leave because uh, Nikhil's here the entire time. Make him um, comfy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I think those are my main guys. Uh, yeah, I'll just probably stick with those three guys. That's fair. What about you, Alex? Uh, so, a guy I want. Besides Cat. Um, Can't say Cat. <laughs> no. no, I wasn't going to say Cat. Um, I mean, like – I look at 
I look at San Antonio and I look at their glut of just young wings and guards and I wouldn't mind having any of those guys, you know, whether it's, you know, Keldon Johnson, whether it's, you know, DeJounte Murray, Derek White, uh, Lonnie Walker, any of those, you know, any, any one of those four, I think would be great on the Thunder. Um, I don't think San Antonio is going to give any one of them up, but as far as young guys that I would love on the team, it'd, it'd be those guys. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Hey, as a Kentucky fan, love Keldon Johnson. Um, I, I love watching no, him play, man. Really? Like he, uh, he's not the biggest guy in the court, but he's banging with the big bodies and he's getting all kinds of rebounds every game. Um, so I appreciate that out of Kelton, the baby face assassin. Um, I'm actually changing my answer as we end this segment. Tower Hero's been struggling this year. Miami Heat, he sucks. You need to trade him to the Thunder. You know, forget all about him. Boy Wonder is a uh, boy gone. And, uh, you know, we'll let him come to OKC, let Hero OKC, let Hero KC be a thing, and uh, we'll, all be, we'll all be happier for it. You know, we'll, we, we'll we give you offer, George Hill. We'll give you Moose. If we could offer one Al Horford. Yeah, we, we'll give you Horford. We'll, we'll give you any vet you want to help out your playoff we'll implications. We'll take Kelly Olenek off their hands. <laughs> give us Dragic. Give us – I mean, I mean hell, I mean, hell, we've already taken Miles Leonard off their hands. Yeah. I, God, I forgot his contract's still on our books. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, send, send me Tyler Hero. I, I haven't given up on him. I'm, I, I know he's, you know, in a down year in terms of shooting and everything, but – uh, I mean, you've seen, we've seen what he can do. He's very, very young still, and I think he's got a lot of room to grow. So, Hero KC, make it happen. Make it happen. <laughs> Never going to let it die. All right, boys. Well, uh, yeah. Oh, wait, on, wait. Can I say oh, one thing real quick? Absolutely. I wanted to ask you guys this real quick because I tweeted this out on Twitter earlier. Make a pre- I want you to predict right now which players are traded from the Thunder at the deadline. My prediction earlier on Twitter, I said – uh, Justin Jackson, George Hill, and Mike Muscala. And then probably Myers Leonard's contract is somewhere in there. I'd even count him as a Thunder player. So those are my three guys, Jackson, uh, Hill, and Muscala. I think those are the three guys we move. What are y'all's predictions right now for who gets moved? Go ahead, Alex. I mean, obviously, I think Hill, Muscala, and I'd even go you know, probably Miller. Miller's a good one, too. That was one I thought about. Yeah, I th- think I'm going to go with Hill as much as it hurts me to say Moose probably I'm going to say Justin Jackson and I'm going to throw in Kenrich Williams oh uh, please no <laughs> please don't don't say that I, I love Kenny man but like like I said you know in our uh, Tyler Parker pod um I, I just feel like he, he he's too good to be on you know this rebuilding team this tanking team I think he could really help a contender um, in terms of defending, you know, being a, a secondary ball handler off the bench. And I, I think he could really fill a role on a contending team. And I think that somebody, somebody like Miami might pay. Hey, maybe that's how we get Tyler Hero caught. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. He, he's our, he's our Nick, he's our Nick Collison for this run. No, nah, man, that, that's supposed to be Moose. And it looks like he's not. So. <laughs> yeah. So. That's uh, that's my prediction. Yeah, I think uh, Moose Hill, um, Jackson, and Kendrick Williams. I don't know why. I just feel like, like I said, I, I just feel like he's a guy that a lot of teams are gonna want. They'll they'll want the skill that he has, and 
I, I think, you know, like you said, the Thunder obviously like him, so they might ask for a little bit more. But, that, yeah, that's what I'm going with. All right. So, I was just curious. So, so, Al, so, real quick, Al Horford on this team after the de- deadline. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. I, I think the main suitor was the Boston Celtics, and since it looks like they're trying for Gordon and Fournier, I don't see any way it happens. Yeah. Also, Andrew brought up a good point on down to dunk. He was like, in order for the Celtics to take back out Horford, they would basically have to admit that, um, you know, basically admit that they was wrong. Like, okay, we're going to pay you that money that we didn't want to give you in the first place when you went to Philadelphia. So that's, uh, that, that's another wrinkle in that whole thing. But, yeah, I, I don't know. There's some teams that Horford would be interested on, but, like, <laughs> it's a lot of money for a lot of years. <laughs> so – yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know that's gonna happen. But anyways, it's uh it's time for me to go best, time for me to get off, guys. Appreciate you guys coming on and talking some trades with me. Uh the listener, I appreciate you coming on and listening to us talk trades. Um we are we'll definitely have a reaction pod coming up on Thursday to all the many deadline moves that the Sam Presti makes. Uh all we'll have a updated pick tracker <laughs> for all 50 future first round picks that we have. Um, so definitely tune in for that. Um, hope you guys have a great night. God bless. Wash your hands, wear a mask, get vaccinated. And don't forget. Thunder, Thunder up. up. Thunder up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKCTopicThunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.